Good morning, this is The Vulture's Nest on 2SER, your weekly cultural criticism show. My name is Fiona Pepper and joining me in the nest this morning are fellow Vultures Jen Carnavale. Hi. And Andrew Popel. Hello. <laughs> now, tomorrow is International Women's Day and the LNP women are holding their Women's Day event in a men's only club. Are they really smashing through glass ceilings like Tony Abbott thinks? That's up next, but first... Sadly, on the 26th of February, Jessica Ainscoe, otherwise known as the Wellness Warrior, passed away aged 30. She was well known for her non-conventional fight against a rare soft tissue cancer. Diagnosed at 22, she tried chemotherapy for about a year, but it stopped working. And the next suggestion by doctors was to have her arm amputated. She then wrote this on her blog. After being told by doctors that my only real chance of long-term survival would be to have my arm amputated at the shoulder, I decided to take matters into my own hands. The way I saw it, I had two choices. I could rely on the slash, poison and burn method offered to me by the medical profession, or I could take responsibility for my own illness and bring my body to optimum health so that it can heal itself. It was then that the wellness warrior tried to cure her cancer following the controversial Gerson Gerson therapy, which involves coffee enemas, dietary supplements, and eating a strict organic vegetarian diet. She gained a strong online following where she uploaded how-tos about her cancer treatment, but unfortunately she lost her battle. And in light of her death, the treatment she chose to undergo has been heavily scrutinised. What do you think? Is this disrespectful? Don't we have a right to pursue alternative treatments if we wish? What do you think, Andrew? I um, I mean, I think this topic really connects with two very important areas of health and health treatment and medicine. And I work in allied health uh, myself. And whenever you are working with someone, you you have to follow best practice. You have to follow evidence-based practice. There are millions of researchers around the world researching techniques across the health, health spectrum so that people are treated not in an ad hoc way, but in the best way possible. But then there is also the autonomy of the individual. The individual has to have a, a, a right to choose aspects of their health care. Um, there are some absolutely horrid ways to treat cancers, to treat other illnesses that severely impact on the individual and, and may kill them themselves. So, I mean, I think this this straddles that line. Where I think it gets really complicated is that this was not an individual operating in a vacuum. She was well-known, she publicised herself, and she was out there influencing people, people who don't have medical training, people who don't have science training. And I would say it would have complicated it in the average reader, the average listener to her blog, as to whether this was evidence-based. So people are out there listening, thinking that this is science, And that's where I think it gets really murky and where we have to maybe start to question some of the things that she did. But her her right to choose her own therapy, her right to to make a a controversial choice, I think is is completely hers to be a part of. And as is her choice to start a blog and kind of publish, you know, videos of, you know, how to treat her cancer, how she's chosen to go about things as well. You know, we can't go around censoring that either, even if it Mm. isn't kind of scientific scientifically backed up I just think it's tricky that she's it's such a delicate thing and I think it is fine that she's chosen what she wants it's her life it's a very traumatic thing to go through but to refer to it as her cancer treatment I it's not it's so hard for me to understand how at any stage someone could tell her that those lifestyle 
changes would in any way treat cancer. It's really hard. I think it's fine to preach that she's got this and, and that she wants to change things and she's going to eat organic and do these coffee enemas and all this kind of stuff may improve short-term health you know for a healthy person it would be great but to to refer to it as a cancer treatment on a blog where there's so many young people young women following and 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 sell it out to them as though this is something that has any any weight behind it is so dangerous and if say if I did it if I started my little blog no one knows me. No one is, you know, and I, I can say, oh, this is definitely the way I'm going to do it. And I'm sort of just another invisible person. But the fact that she was a personality, she was known by young people. It just feels like it's really um, dangerous. And known as the wellness warrior. That's hugely mm. complicating the populism behind that. If your, your doctor doesn't mm. come to you and say, hi, I'm doctor, I'm awesome and I'll fix you using a populist title mm. says something to people and it, it opens it up to that corruption and that difficulty. But, Andrew, she did survive for eight years. Uh, you know, I know she she had chemo for the first year and that wasn't working. And who's to say that, uh, you know, if she had have had her arm and shoulder amputated, which is, you know, pretty massive surgery to undergo, uh, you know, that's my problem here is that, you know, if she had have had you know, chemo and conventional means of therapy and she had have survived this cancer for eight years, then nothing would be said. You know, it's it's like if you go down the conventional path but it still doesn't work, well, at least you gave it a shot. In terms of... We, I, I started off by talking about evidence-based practice and the areas of research. And, I mean, best, best practice sort of research, if it can be done, is double-blind control trials. But there is an area of research known as case study. If we want to talk about her, her technique being a research technique, at best she was a case study. Yeah. Um, and when research is conducted, and it's it been, we're, we're sort of putting her up there now as having conducted research on herself, um, perhaps a little bit ad hoc, um, de facto research, but if she's done that, well, what happens to research when it's completed? It gets critiqued before it gets published. Yeah. Before we have a right to put her up on a pedestal as having done something amazing in the medical world, it has to be critiqued. It has to be looked at, and we have to consider the pros and cons. So, if she survived because of her, because of what she did, hmm. then that deserves consideration. But it deserves due consideration. I also think, uh, you know, this isn't. This isn't dis the display. Putting something out on a blog isn't a proper research, you know. Like when mm. you use Instagram and social media, you are portraying yourself in the best positive light. You're not kind of having a big brother kind of diary moment where you're like, I actually feel crap today, and this isn't working. You know, you because your job is to promote these therapies that you've chosen. So. Yeah, it isn't a real accurate portrayal of, of the therapy that you've chosen to undergo. Yeah, any doubt would not have been published. There would probably have been many times where she's like, holy hell, this is insane. But that's not going up there. So that's not what young people are reading. And like you said before, Andrew, the whole thing of, you know, wellness warrior, like it just screams to young people like, I can be a wellness warrior. I don't, you know, I mean, I've had family and friends go through the, through cancer and the horrible things that happen along the way. So I can imagine there are a lot of people who are desperate for an alternative to what doctors are offering them. But to just sell it like that, it just feels so irresponsible. And I know that I can't imagine what she went through and she was probably coping the best she can, like a lot of people do. But the other side of it is it's so detrimental to, to younger people. It's so detrimental to say, I'm a wellness warrior and I'm okay and you can do this when the alternative 
what doctors are telling them is obviously not as inviting because mm. it's very traumatizing. Yeah, but Jen, you make a really good point there in that we're, we're getting quite down on the fact that people have lifted this woman up as having a, a cure or a treatment that, that may not have any efficacy. But she was also doing the best for herself at mm. a time. And part of what her story entails is that people latched onto that. Mm. So I think think people that are going to look at her as an example need to take responsibility for their own their own research. If they're going to if if you know they happen to be unwell and they choose to take the path that she took, they should be doing it as we hear on public service announcements all the time. You've got to consult with your medical practitioner. You can't even go for a jog these days. You can't join a gym. You shouldn't change your diet radically without consulting <laughs> a medical practitioner. Why should reading a blog, albeit you know, a very powerful blog, be any different. And maybe Jessica was a victim like these other, you know, young people that we're mm. kind of going, wow, they might kind of read this blog and pay attention to it and take it seriously. She's obviously got that information from somewhere else and gone, no, I'm going to follow that. I'm going to stick to that and I'm not going to listen to my doctors. The other thing I wonder is maybe she just got in too deep. Like she was promoting this Gerson therapy till the cows come home and maybe that's when you don't want to go it's not working you can't have doubt i i think i'm going to try i'm going to go and see my doctor you know she the last few months of her life she was obviously extremely unwell but that wasn't documented on her blog her kind of her appearance on her blog just sort of completely dropped off mm-hmm. um and you know not surprisingly it's not like that's what you feel like doing when you need to just look after yourself but you wonder, because of the nature of social media and blogs of promoting yourself and being this happy, healthy individual, when you're not that happy, healthy individual, you feel like a, it's a bit of a cop-out. Or... Yeah, and she is very young. She passed away at 30. She was a very young woman when she did start this. And it's true, maybe someone did tell her that. And the idea of enemas and eating organic was a lot more appealing than going through another stage of chemo. Mm. So mm. you don't really know until you're there, I guess. But I do think it is... It is detrimental to sell something that has no evidence to young people as fact. Yeah, most definitely. I think people need to to be responsible in the choices that they make insofar as they just look into them and research them. We kind of moved away from the autonomy, though, and she does have that that right to choose. And it, it was quite a brave thing that she did because when we do see depictions of people going through late-stage cancers, it's absolutely horrible. And she mm-hmm. obviously took something into her own hands in terms of her own life and and that part of the debate is very interesting too the the autonomy the right as opposed to the right of the medical profession to turn a person into a thing that is treated and a thing that has to be kept alive at all costs Mm. i think the other thing is going these alternative methods can be complementary to conventional methods you know there isn't often a strong focus on diet and all that kind of thing which is you know a major part of your well-being is what you're consuming, especially when you're unwell. It, there is the strong focus on getting chemotherapy and taking whatever medication you need to. So we do need to stop and look at diets and that kind of thing. But when that when the shift goes too far to the left, then it can become quite dangerous, as, as has happened with her. Yeah, when it's too extreme and, yeah... But maybe perhaps that's that shows that we need for um, we there's a need in the medical industry for them to work with lifestyle things as well as as well as fact and as well as you know to sort of sell people you know this is chemo but also 
maybe try doing this. You know, maybe and, they want more of that. Maybe that feels like they have more control w- within their own bodies. And currently there is a strong focus on healthy living. So that may mm. appeal to your patient's kind of interests if you go, I have taken this into consideration as well. I've taken into consideration your diet and all that kind of thing. Mm. We're kind of talking about things being out of balance. I feel like the whole the whole discussion has been about different areas that spiked on a spectrum and nothing was in balance. We were either going too far down one path and ignoring the other. And yeah, it, 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 it does just seem like t- having that level of autonomy, but then being able to listen to other people and take that into account is, is probably the best advice that anyone can take and not just in terms of health in most areas of your life. Mm. You're listening to The Vultures Next on 2SER. We've been chatting about Jessica Ainsco and her unfortunate death uh, this week. Up next, we'll be um, talking about the celebration of International Women's Day that's happening tomorrow. Uh, LMP has chosen to celebrate Women's Day at a men's only club. Um, but first, here is a song from Anna Calvi. She'll come. She'll go You're listening to The Vulture's Nest on 2SER. I'm Fiona Pepper and I'm joined by Jen Carnavale and Andrew Popel. So it is Women's Day tomorrow and what better way than to celebrate in a men's only club or is there. Andrew, tell us about it. Well, exactly. See, the internet has come to life locally this week after it was announced that the Queensland Liberal Party decided to host their International Women's Day function at the exclusive uh, men's-only Brisbane Tattersalls Club. And Now, I'm sure for a lot of people, the Queensland Liberal Party, the Brisbane Tats Club, and unfortunately, maybe even International Women's Day, don't feature highly on your to-do lists. Uh, maybe some of you didn't even realise that they existed. And I mean, after the recent Queensland election, who can blame you. But the internet being the internet and pollies being pollies, this has blown up into a fiasco that is either brilliant publicity for International Women's Day or just another cynical soundbite. See, the libs in their arrogance can't imagine why anyone would believe hosting an International Women's Day event in a bastion of blokedom might be a bit on the nose. Uh, Tony, uh, Tony Abbott even declared it smashing the glass ceiling once again. Meanwhile, Labor in their uh, opportunism are getting their shots in on how it's just insensitive and suggesting, uh, th- but suggesting that maybe we should have a conference uh, about violence against women instead of, oh, I don't know, agitating against the cutting of all the funding to shelters assisting victims of abuse. It's become quite the gab fest uh, about white, white male reactions. Um, I'm probably not contributing to it being all white and male here, uh, but I'm not hearing anyone in the conversation talking much about International Women's Day. Having said that, some of the reactions to the announcement have been priceless. Theshovel.com.au announced that the event was being moved to Showgirls. <laughs> Junkie.com, referencing renowned uh, men's rights activist Peter Griffin, gave us a brief history of men, men's clubs in Oz while poking fun at Tony Abbott's overzealous appropriation of biblical imagery because we all need a hand making fun of tones. <laughs> and uh, SBS reported that the event had been moved to a men's urinal to highlight the importance of everyone standing side by side working together, <laughs> which which actually sounds like some of the creepier urinals I've wandered into. I, I think that may have been the SBS comedy team. <laughs> Neither party seems to be addressing the ideals and goals of International Women's Day. So I've got a few don't you knows about International Women's Day for you guys. It's celebrated every year on March the 8th or tomorrow for people who don't have a calendar handy. Uh, So it's still time to deliver your happy IWD cards to people. 
It's been around for more than 100 years. It was spurred by movements in America, the Netherlands, and the first observance on March the 8th happened in Russia in 1913 uh, as part of a campaign for peace on the eve of war. It actually has the official status of a holiday in countries running from A to Z around the world, uh, not Australia though. Uh, And the day represents the broad goal of ensuring that women's equality is gained and maintained in all aspects of life. So where does the Queensland Libs fiasco leave us on the eve of International Women's Day? We still have a male minister for women, uh, and that's about the nicest thing I can think to say about tones. Uh, (laughs) Bill Shorten and the Labor Party continue to attack the government on policy like a kitten batting a ball of wool. And both Brisbane Tattersall's and International Women's Day got a stack of free publicity, and I don't think anyone's quite sure whether it was positive or not. So, guys, am I just being cynical here? Because it feels like the whole story misses the point of what International Women's Day is, and instead we end up talking about the same old white men. Mm. I think maybe if this was a, a political statement where they were like, they actively sought out a men's only club and they're like, we're going to for one day of the year, we're going to have women in that club. But it seemed like a total cop-out. They just went, oh, it was the cheapest and it, uh, it, logistically it was the closest club. It's the easiest to get to. Um, so we just decided to have in the men's only club. Yeah. So that makes me go, uh, my mind boggle. It's almost like they just didn't, they literally did not think about it in any way. And then to say that it's a huge achievement and in Tony Abbott's speech, which is hilarious about how it's smashing through glass ceilings and things. Nothing's changed. The next day it will go back to being a big old white man club. Mm. And the fact that it just wasn't even, you know, like you said, it wasn't a political choice. It was just something that never occurred to them, I think is is really telling. I've also got a quote from one of the articles I read. Um, Women looking to enjoy the facilities can do so, but only if they bring along their partner's club, which provides them access to club facilities and services. So even on the <laughs> on the day, on Women's Day, International Day, when you go to the men's only club, they can't actually use all the facilities there, which, you know. Oh, they're only allowed in for the, for the talk, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, you get booted out, right? Like a second later. That, that whole thing, the, I'm going to throw the word entitlement out there, the idea that, you know, there's this entitlement that is just background noise for men. I, I just don't feel like we often think about it because it's just there. And everyone's now saying, oh, but, you know, it's busting down the glass ceiling. It's so fantastic that they're holding a Women's Day event in a men's club because it's just breaking down these barriers that will go back up tomorrow. The entitlement will still be there. And just because entitlement doesn't go away just because we erase it for a moment. We we sort of get in there and we wiggle our butts a little bit and sort of go, ha, 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 we're here, uh, but you're not allowed tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so – the whole uh, thing just seems so patronising. Like, oh, you can come in, but just make sure you come in with your man and mm-hmm. you can stay for a few hours and then you just got to disappear again. Like, it's just so – Horrible. I, I think the main thing is, and, and you pointed out before, Andrew, that International Women's Day is actually taken seriously in a lot of countries other than Australia, mm. where it is a public holiday. And we don't have a man as our um, as our minister for women. And so there is a, it's a big, big old piss take at the moment. It's a like, oh, yeah, we better do that International Women's Day because we've got an obligation to. And... We were watching uh, Tony Abbott speaking about it uh, 
in Parliament earlier this morning, and I might just play you a grab because it, he is so obviously speaking in jest about mm. this uh, this event. And if he being the Minister for Women, you would think you'd really take... Yeah. Speaking in jest is the radio-friendly version of what we described it earlier. Yeah. He, just, it's not nice. <laughs> I just play you a little bit. Speaker, this, this is just how wonderful this... Uh, broad church that I lead is, <laughs> just how wonderful the broad church that I lead is. Obviously they've now broken down the last barrier and they've made the men only club admit women. Yeah. Admit women! Isn't that fantastic? At last! This nasty the show it is and that just went on and on and on. Mm. And, uh, you know, you can imagine on a day like Australia Day or Anzac Day, there'd be kind of very sombre tones um, speaking about the event and, you know, what's to play out. But for International Women's Day, it's kind of a big old laugh. Oh, it's an absolute, like, it's, he's treating it like nothing less than a joke. Like, it's just, it's frightening how happy he is to just literally take the absolute piss out of the whole thing. It's like, wow. I- <laughs> I'm te- I'm really tempted to keep in on the negative and and to to throw and and slash a bit at the libs and at Tony on this, but I think every time Tony Abbott speaks, he actually kind of does his opposition a favour because he he really is just ripe. I mean, his arrogance speaking there shows people quite clearly how he feels about things. Now he can turn around and deny that we we read we read into that incorrectly, but there are a few antidotes I, I feel to this in that. By doing this in their in their ignorance, in their arrogance, the the LNP, the Queensland LNP, have actually put this on the agenda. I, I started off by suggesting that maybe there are people out there who don't know much or anything about International Women's Day. It would be hard to have been on on the internet uh, in the last couple of days and not have heard a little bit mm. about this. So suddenly it's on the agenda. Whether they meant it or not, they've put it on the agenda. And whenever we have some very conservative, you know, BS action that happens, we actually have an amazing array of um, wits, satirists, writers out there who will respond. And there's just some great stuff now floating around in response. And I mentioned some before, but another one that I read, uh, Clementine Ford wrote a, a really biting article about how to properly prepare for your International Women's Day and reminded us that at the end, that a glass of gin and a hot bath can go a long way to making it feel better after a long day of looking after your man. <laughs> Yeah, but again, well, you said earlier as well, Andrew, that the focus is on this LNP event as opposed to, you know, what is actually taking place on International Women's Day and and what you can do, you know, other than kind of a satirical look at how to kind of get through the day with your man, you know? But I think all meaning is lost when it's treated the way that it has been. It is hard for anyone to see it as anything other than a joke if if you're first hearing about it and you're not inclined to be interested in this if this is what's being sold to you by the person who's supposed to represent women and the country you know it's it's hard to move in another direction it's dark old days (laughs) (laughs) you've been listening to the vulture's nest hopefully we haven't left you on too somber a note uh stay tuned because up next nick healy from the vulture's nest will be hosting so right now